0: Hello and welcome to the Veer Vulnerability Veer Podcast. I'm Adam Klinsky. and I'm Albert Imperato where we help men communicate and build empathy. Here we go again Albert. I'm stoked to to see you again here today you know um, regardless uh, if your internet's cutting in and out but uh, <laughs> I know you're here and um, I'm stoked to, to have, talk to your uh, friend Tucker here today and just want to check in with you. I know we spoke to um, Chris, uh, last time, and we were both inspired to, to go outside. I know I uh, I went outside and I played with my son, and we just hung out um, for an hour or so outside and just kind of walked around and hung out, played with pine cones and sticks, you know, the good old things. Uh, I just want to see how you uh, spent the rest of that evening and uh, what you were up to if you got a, a little outdoor inspired from that.
1: Yeah, I, I was going to do something a little bit more dramatic. I mean, we were talking to somebody who like slides down a hill on a 90 to, at 90 miles per hour uh, on a sled, but uh, that that um, I could not c- come up with anything comparably exciting. Um, <laughs> I did take a really brisk walk <laughs> and listen to some music, and I had uh, cocktails and just being outside. I did a lot of just out outside time. It was it was nice, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it's nice to have a doubleheader weekend. I have to admit, I'm not really tuning so much into. I know baseball came back. That used to be a big diversion for me, and uh, I don't know. I'm not I'm not feeling the no fan baseball. I hope. You know, I'm I'm sure some people are getting something from it, but it's just so weird to just see the you know the balls getting hit out of the park and there's like nobody catching it. It's (laughs) kind of weird, but anyway, life is nothing if not weird right now. So we're just gonna have to let let this new stuff roll over us and maybe we'll find new levels of enjoyment from it.
0: Yeah, I hear that. Um, It's just yeah, everything's just. It's weird and different, and everything's new. So it's kind of like we're kids again, because we're kind of rediscovering all of our uh, our favorite activities in a new way. So maybe we can look at it that way. But oh, that's um, a good that's a good approach. I like yeah. that idea. But today we we get to talk about you know um, someone that we've known for a little while. So um, we've got uh, Tucker Gasho on the show. He's a leather worker. Tell us a little bit about um, why you wanted to to bring him on the show today. Well, um, several reasons. Uh, Tucker and I um
1: met up a couple of years ago he's one of the one of the dudes who i connected with through instagram pretty much around the same, uh, same time i met you adam tucker uh, lives in connecticut not not that far from where where i am uh upstate and he comes into into manhattan um on occasion so we were able to get together pretty fast and we really struck up a, a friendship tucker and i are really close uh, he's a really great uh, guy to be friends with. Cause he's, he checks in with you. He's always uh, looking after you. Uh, he's very, very loyal. And uh, he's one of those persons that the more, you know, him, the more, the more interesting the dude becomes uh, may, maybe the, the name of this show could be uh, still, still waters run deep. Uh, you, you know, Tucker's like, uh, you know, he's a smiling guy and he's, you see him working on his leather projects and, and loving his uh, cat and, dog and he's just such a lovable guy. But underneath it all, he's also seriously passionate about, about some really important issues of our time. So today we're going to coax a little bit out of him about that line between uh, you know, our, our Instagram persona and communicating as a, as a man doing business and his, running his own shop and, and taking public stands and connecting with what's going on around us. So that's, that's the broad outline of what we're going to do.
0: Right on. Love that. Still waters run deep. And, you know, I I do actually want to to dive a little bit deeper today. So I'm going to go ahead with the official intro and we'll get him on here. Tucker Gasho was born in West Hartford, Connecticut and grew up in Simsbury, Connecticut, where he still lives. He went to school at Simsbury High and then continued his education at the University of Connecticut. Tucker earned his degrees in history and political science. He was an intern for an assurance and dressing company in college and became a full-time employee immediately after graduating. He recently had the opportunity to turn what was a side gig and passion project into his career as a leather worker. People who know him well understand that he is somewhat obsessed with his pets, Coda and Hobbs, who are the namesake's first company, K&H Leather. Tucker, it's great to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on today, man. How are you? Good, good. How are you guys today? Can't complain, man. Another beautiful morning and... Uh, so ready to, to kind of get into this. I've been uh, really looking forward to this one and uh, I'm really stoked. I got to call it out. You're wearing the uh, the VVV necklace and uh, I'm really excited about that because it, it's a real thing and uh, we have merch now. Like, how cool is that?
2: <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, I knew I had to get a piece. I messaged Beth when she posted about them um, and I was like, it's just a matter of time before I pick one of these up from you because like, A, I love her work and B, I love podcasts. So like, I knew it had to happen. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I didn't say that in the intro, but, but uh, Tucker's just been an incredible friend of the podcast. Every time there's a new episode, he puts something up in his Instagram stories and, and um, he gives just great feedback. He um, you know, Tucker just stays engaged. If you, if you share something with Tucker, you're going to get a response, whether it's music, I'll recommend some music and, you know, within a couple of days will be, oh dude, I listened to this, this Beethoven concerto. It's really, really great. What else should I listen to? It's, it's just great having responsive uh, friends because a lot of times people are very, oh, uh, you, you tell them something and you're wondering how much of this are they taking in? And T- Tucker pays attention and, and uh, that, that's one of his best qualities as a friend. When I met Tucker, um, he was really going, going through a, a, a moment um thinking a lot about his job he was uh, doing doing insurance adjusting and it, it became a big topic of conversation um as we got to know each other and and tucker was wrestling with with how to deal with where he was at doing this work um uh, and and thinking about what he want really wanted to do with his life so maybe tucker could just kind of take us back to that that process and where where he was at um tucker
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, I think that the, one of the best ways to explain my state of mind at that point was is maybe just to describe a little bit about what the job was, um, and and I won't get into too much detail because there's a lot. Um, but essentially, it, it you know entailed going to commercial homes, like like apartments in places like Bridgeport, Connecticut, and stuff. Um, and you know not not necessarily for you know for someone like me someone privileged like myself like not necessarily the safest places you know like, like necessarily they you know sometimes i didn't really feel all that safe and stuff you we were going into homes and looking at damage sometimes like in like you know black mold smoke damage fire damage stuff like that and then reporting to the insurance company and So it was, it was basically, you were, you were always in a, you know, it was always a negative relationship, whether it was the person you were meeting with, they were yelling at you because you didn't get there, you know, a day sooner or whatever. Um, and, and you understood their, you know, their, their problems or whatever, or their pain or their suffering that they were going through. But like at the same time, you've got a hundred of these claims right um so it's like you can only do so much and then then you have a negative relationship with the person you're reporting to because you can never really do enough for them like like the insurance companies are really never satisfied um they always want you to beat the person down more or they always want you to do this or they always want you to do that um and then you, you just have you it's you, at the end of the day you just kind of feel like you know, all right, I earned my job, je- you know, I earned my paycheck, but like, I didn't do it. You don't, you never felt like you did anything positive for anybody. Um, you just kind of felt beat up. And after years and years and years of doing that, I had gotten to a point where I just, I, in a way, kind of felt like I hated people. I, I didn't really like people because my relationship with them on a day-to-day basis was just like, like constant conflict. Um, I didn't have like a relationship with people that was like really positive on a day to day basis. Um, and I found that the more I did my leather work and the more I interacted with people like through that medium, it was, it was always positive. Like you you can make someone a, a $20 key fob and they will love you for the rest of their, you know, the rest of their lives. You can pay someone half a million dollars on a claim where, you know, they only deserve you know, two thirds of that or something. And they hate you, you know, like they hate your guts and they think you're, you know, the scum of the earth. Um, so it's just, it's such a different world, um, to be in. And it, it's, it soon became so apparent to me that I just really couldn't kind of bear it anymore. Um, and, and that is the period at which I kind of met Albert, um, and, and, thing, and our friendship started to take off. So
0: Yeah. You said, um, this, you know, one phrase that I hear a lot at work and that is I hate people and, you know, kind of working in customer service and tech support. Um, you know, I, I get to deal with a lot of uh, negative interactions too. you know, damage Mm -hmm. loss, you know, things aren't working right. Um, a lot of the times, you know, I do get to turn that negative into a positive and that's something that I, I really enjoy, but man, you know, behind the curtains and, you know, backstage is just, uh, that that's that phrase is is thrown around a lot and you can see like you know a lot of the the turnovers because of the relationships with people and um what you said is i never really thought about it is like kind of like a plus minus um you know situation there where it's like if you're taking so many negatives and so many minuses like you know you, you definitely have to throw a couple you know positives in that column and thankfully like my coworkers, my management team like you know, every, everyone who is like a, a stay-in at that store like really just kind of understands that that's not like the, the main purpose of the job is to like, yeah, it's deal with people and their problems. But um, there's there's a lot more than going on for that. So with the, the Leatherworks, like... Um, did that kind of like turn around your perspective of people and like your relationships? Um, because that, that seems tough, man. I know when people are going through that, they've had a rough day. They just got screamed at for 30 minutes or, you know, they had to get escalated to a manager. Someone's just cursing them out. Like it's tough, man. Some people are brutal out there. So, you know, what was kind of like the, the relationship change? It definitely, it definitely
2: changed things, but also, you know, like, like, it's, it's hard to say, you know, what had more of an effect, like Albert and and my friends that I've, I've met through Instagram and through leather work and stuff. And, and some friends from the past that I've reconnected with as a result of kind of like a change perspective, um, they've had a major effect as well. Um, So like, you know, it's not really necessarily just the leather work. It's like, instagram and you know sort of a change in perspective has allowed me to reconnect with people and they've continued to kind of feed the fire to some extent um i but it's definitely changed my mind i mean like i don't i don't wake up in the morning anymore just kind of being like oh my god you know i can't stand people i don't want to talk to anyone like you know i it would kind of be like i would sit there in the morning and i would look at my phone and i'd be like when's this thing gonna ring and i would just be like i really don't want this thing to ring like and and you know now i I love my interactions with people. Like when someone messages me about like getting a wallet or something and they want to talk about the different options, like I get so excited for that. Like it's you know it's it's wonderful. Um, and this 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 job comes with its own stresses and and its own problems. Um, but they're infinitely more preferable to what I was dealing with as as an adjuster.
1: Uh, Tucker, I, I have to say, I really relate to the, that idea of how, what's that balance between negativity and positivity that you get through work, because mm-hmm. I absolutely love my work. I've been a music promoter for 30, almost 35 years now, and it is absolutely work that suits me. Um, it makes me happy. But during the COVID era, um, you know, we we have serious problems in the performing arts, um, there's uh, enormous challenges. Most of the concerts just, have just been canceled for, you know, until Christmas, until New Year's. Um, and it's amazing. I'm doing the same work, but now the amount of negativity that I have to contend with is much higher. I'm dealing with people who have money uh, issues, institutions that normally had no issues at all. Have, you know, they're they're having problems paying bills. They're laying people off. People are calling me saying they lost their jobs. Suddenly, a, a job that was pretty much pretty upbeat, maybe 9-11 was the only time where we really had a really downtime in the whole time I've been doing this uh, work. Um, lately, there's been a lot of negativity and I feel the same way as you. I, I kind of was relating as you were telling the story in the morning, um, I'm checking my emails and there's more of a chance of me getting an upsetting email from someone who says, oh, my tour was canceled. I can't come to America. Carnegie Hall just told me I'm not performing. So I really, I really related to that, but I want to, I want to go back to that decision making because I think a lot of people who are listening, they have their dreams about what they really want to do with their life. And I just want to go back to where you were at the fear level and the thinking. And when that moment, when you said, I am going to do this because I, I left a corporate job to start my own company. So I was really relating when you were telling me about your thinking about leaving. Um, and I, I'm just curious if, if, if you still have a super strong memory of what that was like that moment.
2: No, definitely. I mean, like my heart races kind of just thinking about it, to be honest, because um, it, it was it was a terrifying decision. Um, I, I I try to be pretty self-aware, though. And, and one of the things I like to mention at 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 the outset when talking about this is that like, I I know I'm a very privileged person um, and I've, I've grown up in a very nice area and I've grown up with a family that has been able to help me out and, you know, in times of need. Um, And that's, that's one of the things that I think that allowed me to kind of make the final jump to do this is that I knew that, you know, like if, if this all goes to, you know, I don't really want to swear on here. So if if this all fails, you know, the my I know I have a family that will help me through the tough times until I can get, you know, my job back or until I can get, you know, something else going. Um, so I I try not to go out there and say, like, you know, hey, follow your dreams, just quit your job, become an artist. Because like a lot a lot of people do real you know, realistically fail. A lot of small businesses do fail. We know the statistics, like you know, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but like when I got into this, you know, I had a conversation with my father and, you know, I came to the reality that like the likelihood is that you won't succeed, you know? um, And, and that's something that you really have to confront and you have to be willing to accept that before you do that. And I, I, I got to a point where I was like, you know what, whether or not it works, I need to do this. Like, this is something that like, me as a person like has to do has to fulfill otherwise like i'll never be satisfied um and and that was kind of you know and it was also i'll also say it was definitely a day where um i had recently been in a car accident at at work i didn't get hurt Um, nobody got hurt but like i had told my boss about it and he did not care at all. All he cared about was like, did I get to the claim afterwards or not? And if I didn't, when was I going to go see it next? And like, so I had I had kind of thought about that for a couple of days, you know, his response to that. And one morning I just woke up and I was like, you know what? No, that's like unacceptable. Like you don't treat human beings like that and like I'm done. And I I actually emailed him <laughs> and then, um I just said like, you know, I'm I'm done with this. And if anybody wants to speak to me about it, it needs to be an HR representative.
1: <laughs> oh, shut that down, man. Yeah, because
2: he just was, you know, he he was one of those managers who just you weren't a person to him. You were an employee. You were, you know, a means of him getting the job done. And that's all that he cared about. And if you know, if you were out of the picture, someone else would would take your place. Um, um, and so yeah, that it was it was really just a combination of all those things that led to that final decision. And like, the, if if someone's looking to do it, I, I would just say, make sure you have that safety blanket, you know, whatever it might be, like, make sure you have the savings in place from your job first, or make sure you're, you know, you've got family or friends who, you know, will, will help you out in a tough time. Because even right now, like, there's, there's months where I struggle. Um, so
1: I also I also think that it was um, wonderful and kind of brilliant that you had already uh, started a company your your own company and were doing it on the side. So when you left and and quit your old job, it's not like you were suddenly okay. Now I'm going to launch K and H Leather. Um, how long had you been have been doing K and H Leather when when you actually went solo and uh, are doing what you're doing now?
2: So I actually haven't even been doing it for a full year yet. Um, full time. It's wow. uh, it's it, it's been about three years that I've been doing K and H, um, and maybe a little bit more than that. But it's mostly been something that I've done. You know, I get out of work at five or six. Um, I I I always work from home as an adjuster, so I would turn the computer off, and you know, I would just start leather working, like you know, a little bit after dinner time, and I would do it until like two or three in the morning. Um, and that I think that was another thing that kind of led to the decision to quit um eventually is that i i think i was kind of getting burnt out um it was i had gotten to a point where i was busy enough where i had an order to do pretty much every night or every other night and i was keeping myself up really late and then waking up really early and dealing with a pretty stressful job um and not necessarily having the amount of sleep that i needed to deal with that um so that was another thing and that you know that that, that led to it i think
1: I think that's a, um, a, a, for anyone out there who's thinking about starting their own thing, I think um, that is a really great uh, a thing to remember. You can get a, I think getting a head start going, getting familiar and comfortable with the thing that you think you might want to do um, uh, is really, is really great because you're not reinventing everything all at once. You're basically just changing the balance. You're putting all of your energy into something that was your, your passion and your uh your pleasure and your enjoyment and you're just moving more 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 of your daytime to doing that thing and you're never
2: gonna you're you're never gonna get to a point where you're like i'm ready you know you're never gonna get. i mean maybe you're a business expert and maybe you have a spreadsheet in front of you right and you've got you you analyze your sales and you know that you're ready i'm not that guy um for me it you know i got to a point where i was like all right you know i'm I'm doing enough right now where if I, if I make the leap of faith and free up, you know, 50, 60 hours a week that I, that I'm spending on insurance adjusting, I think I can make this, this work. Um, you know, and that was the point at which I felt comfortable. I was not making enough to pay my bills yet. I was not, you know, like making enough money where I was like, you know, this, this is totally going to work. But I was at a point where I was like, I think I can make it work with this much extra time, you know, every week. Um, then, And when you think about it, like 50-60 hours a week extra to spend on something, that's a lot of time. Um, it's a lot of time for you to be marketing yourself on Instagram. It's a lot of time for you to be going to trade shows and events when there's not a plague going around the world. Um, there, that's It's a lot of time for you to spend making stuff and putting it up on your website for people to buy. And And you'd be shocked with how much progress you can make with that much extra time. Um, So I, I, I highly recommend starting in advance, definitely like starting a side project, starting a side gig because that not, not only will that make it more comfortable for you when you do decide, you know, I want to make this jump, but you'll also maybe learn, Hey, this isn't something I want to do as a job. You know, maybe you'll, maybe you'll say, you know you'll get to a point where you're spending 20 hours a week on it and you'll say, you know, this is starting to feel like work. And I don't I don't want it to because like I always did leather work or I always did painting or I always did this or that because it was just something I truly enjoyed. And I don't want it to become um you know work for me. That that never I haven't gotten to that point. I think I could do this for 80 hours a week and still feel better than doing insurance adjusting. So um, but that definitely happens for a lot of people. So that's, that's another reason you should definitely start like a side gig or a side project.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that because, um, my kind of music career, uh, definitely went, went that route. I played in bands, you know, all through high school and, and did a lot of, uh, recording and and producing in college. And then as soon as I went full time with it, I moved to Los Angeles, you know, did the whole thing. And I was like, you know, putting in, you know, 60, 80 hour weeks. I was like, I don't want to do this for the rest of my life. Like, I, I just don't like, that's that's not the life I want. I love music. I love the recording. I love meeting artists, but I don't want to be stuck in a studio all night, you know, like every night. Um, so yeah, I can, yeah, second that. I mean, it was awesome. I met, you know, a bunch of celebrities. Like I have stories on stories, but at the end of the day, I wasn't happy with what I was doing and I was getting burned out because I was dreading that phone call off hey, come to the studio tonight. It's going to be another all-nighter and, you know, do this, mm-hmm. do this session. And it, it just, you know, it didn't feel healthy. It didn't feel who I was. I I think that was like my first, like, you know, real, like, smack in the face, like real realization of like, hey, you're an adult. Your choices really mean something. And you really need to, to be educated in what you want to do and in how to spend your time because, you know, you can make, your life on earth, you know, you can make it a heaven for you. It sounds like Tucker, you're making that for yourself or uh, a total hell. And like, you can just, you know, hate people, hate, hate, (laughs) hate your own phone, like hate your life. And, you know, that really sucks. And, um, you know, you said what, two years, you completely turned around your life from dreading a phone call to enjoying just everything. I mean, you, you have total freedom. Like, how does that feel, man? Like when you're kind of like, on your own um i mean
2: it's still definitely scary on a day-to-day basis like there's things that i try not to think about you know i just kind of like ignore them um like like for instance um i'm still waiting on some information from my previous company so i I filed an extension with my taxes and i was i was very happy to file an extension because that means i can now just put that off and out of sight out of mind for the next however many months um but it feels it feels fantastic i mean i like i really do like enjoy my interactions with human beings um like 99% of them nowadays except for you know like the occasional crazy person that you talk to on on social media right um but i i really do like look forward to speaking to people um i look forward to social interactions um one thing that i hated about my previous job was marketing um, I despised marketing because I didn't care about the product that I was selling to people. You know, I, like I didn't care about insurance adjusting. like who who really cares about insurance adjusting? And so the the people that market it come off as very fake because, you know, they don't really care. They're like, um, and so i I, I always kind of disrespected the position, and I never really thought anything about it, and I, I couldn't stand doing it. And now I love it because, like now, when I'm marketing, I'm not actually marketing. I'm just talking about something I truly love to do. I'm talking about something that's really a passion for me that like, I really want to make succeed. Um, And it's honestly, it's just natural now. It's not, it's not marketing. It's just talking about what's important to me. Um, And so I think that's another like, awesome benefit of, to some extent, caring about what you do. Um, And like, not not everyone is going to be able to go out there and like find a job for themselves that they wake up every single morning and like, they're like, yes, like, I'm so excited to get to work. Right. Like that, that is something that, again, I recognize like I'm very privileged to have been able to have done. Um, But I think that it's important that like, if you're one of those people that's like waking up every day and you're just like, I hate people. Like I, like all my interactions with people suck. Like I can't stand my job. You know, I'm miserable. Like really think about that and like really think about the fact that like how many hours you're going to spend over the next however many years you're hopefully going to be alive. Like you're going to spend at your, you know, at your job or whatever. And like, is that really what you want your life to be? Um, and, and I I think you're going to have to come to the realization that no, it isn't. And if that's the case and you come to that realization, you've got to do something about it. You really have to, whatever it is, like you've got to make a change. Um, and if you do, you'll you'll be a better person for it. You'll be a happier person. You'll love the people around you more. You'll make them better people. Um, so it's it's really just there's no question about it. Um if you're miserable at work, if you're miserable every day, you got to do something.
1: and that of course, applies to virtually all the other aspects of your life, whether it's um, you know relationships that you're in, whether it's um, you know any personal endeavors that you that you undertake, to, to really be mindful of what the what the result is and what the feeling you get from the life that you lead, you may be doing lots in any given day uh, that actually is not nurturing you and not bringing you a lot of joy. And it's easy to get. A Friend of mine uh, often uses that phrase. You know the difference between being in a rut and being in a groove. You know you, there, there's a, there's a desire to to have a life that's that feels good to you. That's what we should desire. And unfortunately we make little compromises and we sort of get beaten down a little bit. And before we know it, a fair amount of our day is a lot of shit that we really actually don't want to do. So I take my hat off to you. I totally relate so much to that decision-making that big decision that you need to make. And it's a really uplifting moment in your life to realize that you have the courage to make the change, but also be really uh, realistic that life doesn't suddenly become all candy and, and, Fun and carnivals. I mean, you still have there's other issues that come in. you have to you still have to you know manage your business and and uh, pay your bills, et cetera. um you and you and I went along if we're going to follow the the little narrative of our friendship, we got together. we hung around a lot. we we organized our little group of denim dudes, and uh, uh, we we built a real n- network of friendship. We have a really tight group even during during Covid. We do our virtual hangs with our with our folks. And that 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 core friendship has been so in, incredibly important to all of us. We've we've really gotten a lot from it. But but something happened earlier in this year um, that really was kind of a big moment for you. Uh, your your first big test as a businessman. I remember you calling me up one morning and you were like, "Dude, you got a couple of minutes?" And you had seen a couple of things online about about uh, uh, george floyd black lives matter and you were starting to really get very very nervous and agitated about this pressure you were feeling um you i I don't want to i'll have you tell it in your own words but you were you wanted to say something but you were afraid to say something set that up for us a little bit
2: um so like to to try and set that up i i when i was younger i was very politically minded i was very like i was kind of like the, the counterculture guy right like um you know if the government said something i didn't believe it and i did my own research and looked into it and like you know i, I um i was uh, because i was kind of a rebel and a punk i was always kind of against the police and you know i like just kind of always rebellious and always i always questioned things and always looked into things and stuff and and I think I annoyed a lot of people. Um, like I, I annoyed a lot of friends and a lot of family. Cause I was always talking about like whatever, you know, hot topic I was currently researching or currently looking into. And, um, well, you know, I would, I would post on Facebook and I would do stuff like that and people would get annoyed with me and they would just be like, Hey man, like, you know, they, they, they just wanted to talk about sports. So they just wanted to talk about things that didn't make them feel uncomfortable or whatever. And, um, I, in college i think i got had gotten to a point where i was basically you know to an extent like bullied so much by people that that didn't want to hear what i wanted to talk about that i avoided anything that could be perceived as remotely controversial right there's that that word um and so when when the george floyd thing happened um this is you know that's years later after i graduated and i've got this business and this brand that i'm running and Unfortunately, we live in a country where, at the time, like and and still saying something like Black Lives Matter is perceived by some people as controversial, and I I, I don't understand why that is. um You know, like you take a basic course in logic, and you should understand that, like you know, you, you, like the statement Black Lives Matter, like should not, if you are not a racist piece of shit, like that <laughs> statement should not upset you, like um, like. Uh, and so I, I don't understand, but you know, like when, when this happened, I I kind of had this realization that like, I I need to say something. I want to say something. I don't know necessarily what that's going to be. Um, but I knew, and I had the awareness to know that like on Instagram, you're going to take a hit for that. Like people are going to, people are going to be like, screw you, you said, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter, like, you know, I'm, I'm not down with that. Like, that's like, a, that, that I think I hear a lot of people saying like, that's a commie Marxist organization, like, you know, whatever. Um, and so I was, I was scared. Um, I was scared to say something, because I like, this is what I had, you know, just kind of started to get rolling, right. And like, if this is something that had made so many positive changes for me in my own life, and I was afraid to like, have myself take a hit um you know to lose customers to lose followers you know i i do have customers and i'm not going to like name names here on a podcast that would be very unprofessional but like i do have customers that i know were upset to see me post like and say black lives matter um i have people that like unfollowed me within hours of me posting about that and like you know i have a way of like tracking that and um, people that had bought like expensive, expensive pieces for me that like within hours of me saying the words Black Lives Matter, they were gone. Um, and but you know I was willing to deal with that. Um, I think my experience in corporate America helped me like kind of decide like that I didn't get into this to be fake. I didn't get into this to bullshit people. I didn't get into this to be that corporate guy and to take that middle road and to try to get sales from people on both ends, which is you know what what. A lot of corporate businesses do they don't want to take a stance because they want money from everybody right um but that's not me and frankly like i if you have an issue with the words black lives matter like i don't want your dollar like i don't it's it's just not something that i need it's not something i want to take to my bank it's not something that i want to reinvest into the economy and and the society that i want to see happen um so that's that's kind of the realization that i had and i was just like i I gotta speak out and since then it's been easy because now it's just kind of like i got over that initial fear of like showing the world who i am um and now you know the the mask is off and i can be myself and and to some extent like it, it benefits you because when you're real, when you're being you, like people notice that and they like you more and they want, they want to engage with you more. And so that's, that's another benefit of it. So um, to, to, to be yourself and to speak out on issues that are important to you. Um, Cause if you're always just like robotic and don't talk about things like that, it's, it's going to come across.
1: Um, I just so. really remember it being such a powerful thing to watch um you and i had that conversation it was a long conversation and followed by another long conversation and we it happened over the course of a couple of days and you were you were really kind of brutal about yourself i could not believe the level of intensity that you and and judgment and scrutiny you put yourself against like man when i'm when i'm afraid of taking a courageous stance i don't mind admitting i'm like a little bit of a weenie and i'm a little bit weak and oh, poor Albert, man, you're not, you're not, you were just like fierce about, about it. And I was kind of like, wow, this guy's, this guy's intense. I was not really re- prepared. You kept calling yourself like, oh, I'm being, I'm, I'm a coward, I'm a coward. And I'm like, dude, you started a business and you're nervous. And I mean, the, the word coward's a really strong word, but I just love how after all that, that, that back and forth and agonizing and everything that you said to me, when you came out and just posted it, man, you just were like, kapow. It was like, okay, now the, it was like watching you just bloom and, and open up. And then suddenly you're selling things and making donations and you became like this activist. Your, your account became sort of this raise money for this cause and do this and buy that. And I was really impressed with how fast you channeled that new energy towards doing something so significant. You were like, you were really active. You are yeah. active.
2: I'm. I'm trying to stay active. I like. I. I. Um. You know. I kind of got to put my my money where my mouth is, right? And like, I I believe in all these things, and so like, I I don't see why K and H shouldn't contribute to, to to all these causes that I believe in. Um. And so, you know, at at the moment, um, like I I don't want. Like I don't want anyone listening to sound like to be sitting there thinking like, Oh, he's profiting off of, you know, like current events or anything like that. That is absolutely not how I looked at it. Um, I guess I just kind of thought like, how can, how can I contribute to this? I'm not someone who has, you know, money laying around where I can just, you know, make donations from my own you know bank account. Um, You know, I'm not necessarily someone I I live by myself. I've got a lot of pets. And so I, I know this sounds super privileged of me, but, I'm not someone who necessarily wants to go out and protest and get arrested and stuff. Like I, I, you know, I worry like who would take care of my animals. I worry, you know I, know, I worry about stuff like that. So like, um, I, I figured that like my way of contributing would be to try to make my business, you know, like support these causes on a regular basis, not just for a week, not just for a month, but like, as you know, as long as I can possibly make it happen. Um, and, and I'm going to continue to try to do that. So.
1: Well, I, you know, I'm incredibly fond of you. You're like a brother to me. Um, we have a very special, very, very special bond. But when I saw you in that mode, when I saw that courage flare up in you, the, I had like real serious, like pride. I was like, my, I, I knew there was, the, that I had chosen a really good friend, a really solid human being to be a friend. And when I watched that, and you got me to donate some money that I hadn't planned on donating. So I credit you for that. Um, I, I really, I'm, I'm really proud of you for doing that. I think it's the, the hardest thing to do um, to take that courageous moment where, you know, it's very easy in our society to just kind of hide. Just no one will notice, like no one's really going to know what you're doing. And, but when you step out and take a position and get active, um, you know, that that's going to have resonance. Uh, Neil Barrett, our our friend from Standard and Strange, been very active with um you know with with the the marketing and talking a lot about social causes and and I was thinking of you guys yesterday because CNN had a a really intense uh, story on um, uh, yesterday about the long term impact on businesses for taking political stands and it, it, I'll have to find that link and send it to you. but they were talking about larger larger brands. Uh, but, um, you know, a lot, a lot of what they were talking about made me think of you. Uh, one, one other thing, and we don't have to talk about it, but maybe, maybe you want to talk about it is you also talked about just how you manage the intense feeling that you come across. Like you, I've always just seen you kind of calm and, and, you know, managing your energy in a really balanced way. But, you know, every once in a while you'll say to me like, dude, I'm like. I'm so angry. I, I have so much anger in me. Was that more uh, in the past when you were fighting with this job that was making you so miserable? Or is it still something that you're facing in terms of, hey, our society is not doing what it should be doing and it makes you kind of crazy? I mean, where where are you at with that and how are you, how are you dealing with that? Because it's something you talk about, but. Man, I, I struggle with that
2: like what you just said, like, is it, is it leftover from the job? Is it from society? Is it from this? Is it from that? I, I, I struggle with that a lot. Um, I don't, I, frankly, I don't know. Um, it, you know, like the feelings of anger that I, that I get when I see, you know, like the, the thing that I learned recently about the young girl that's been, you know, imprisoned because she didn't do her homework or, or whatever it was you know, like when I, when I see something like that, like my instinct is to just literally want to, uh, And you know, I don't want to like, know, I don't want like, uh, you know, to promote violence or anything like that, but it just, it makes me want to like strangle the judge that like did this to that girl. You know, like it, it makes me want to like, just look these people in the eyes and just be like, what the f- is wrong? You know, like, what is wrong with you? Like, like, like who raised you? And like, what, like, what were you taught? And like, 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 what has made you such a disgusting human being but like and and perhaps that 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 angry reaction, that rage and and that anger is is perhaps left over from years and years and years of interacting with people at that job um i don't I don't really know um, but it you know whatever it's from um i i think the important thing is to focus on like what to do with it right like anger is an energy to some extent and you can harness it um and you can use it to do a lot of things um and as long as you make sure that those things are positive and that you're not causing harm to the community that you want to try to help um you know then then i i think it's it's great you know, if you're angry about something, um, but that, that's something to make sure that you focus on. And that's something I've learned recently is not to like, not, don't be angry about something and then go out and bully the people that you perceive to be your enemy, because you could make the situation even worse. You could turn a bully into, you know, a psychopath. Um, you, you, you know, you could turn someone who's, on the fence about something into, you know, a full on, you know, card carrying racist or, you know, you like, um, so you, you gotta be careful about what you do with your anger.
0: Yeah. I want to, I want to back that up, uh, quite a bit because mm-hmm. for me, you know, I've, I've dealt with many emotions. Um, you know, anger is, is definitely one of them. And I think as men, um, you know, we all kind of have that, You know, a relationship to anger, you know, the men and anger kind of have gone together for quite some time. Um, And through kind of my studies and education, I've learned that, you know, you don't have to really identify, identify yourself with those emotions. You don't have to have a personal relationship with your anger and you don't have to let it do all the talking by being able to to recognize that hey um, the situation is is causing anger or hey you know i I'm, I'm feeling my uh, face kind of heat up a little bit and i i notice that i'm clenching my hands and my teeth and i'm feeling very tense what about the situation is is causing me this or you know what about um you know what am i feeling I- inside internally that is showing signs of anger or rage or unhappiness and being able to kind of look inward and be like what about this situation? What about that uh, news article or what about this social media post is kind of triggering those behaviors? And believe me, I am right beside you whenever I, my first initial reaction to all this stuff is like, yo, are, are we about to go to war? Like, who am I about to get? Like, I, I yeah. just want to beat up all these people, like anyone who's, <laughs> <laughs> you know, yep. yeah. the what really got me because in my state was in harrisburg the all lives matter people were blocking access to a hospital and i was like let me drop a bomb on these people like what what are they doing but then i realized you know hey i'm angry at this situation i'm upset i find what what these people are doing are absolutely deplorable but me starting you know instigating it or anything like that because my buddy and i talk about this a lot because we're just you know, uh, Matt, I've, you know, talked about him so much, but we've, we're like, Hey, like, you know, personally, we think Trump wants a war. There wants to be actual war. And if we like, as you know, the, the left militia for black lives matter and for kind of social justice, if we go up against the army, like, dude, there's no way we're going to win. Like we're yeah. signing our own death warrants. If we actually want to pursue this violence, because there's a force stronger than us. And you know there's always going to be someone who can beat you physically mentally all that stuff like there mm-hmm. you always need to like you said in business admit defeat before it happens and you know coming full circle with this the the act of surrender to the initial you know acknowledgement of those emotions the acknowledgement of your physical sensations acknowledgement of your thoughts in your mind will lead you to say hey that's not the right path and where you're saying is I'm going to do what I can and invest on in what I like. I think is one of the, the best things ever. Um, a quote by Wayne Dyer that I truly, truly believe in is, um, you know, instead of being for hate, be only for love. And what that says is just invest in all the good. You know, mm-hmm. bad can happen, anger can happen, rage can happen, but invest whatever in good in love and positivity. So, you know, just kind of hearing that is like, yes, like I, I know, I know like exactly how you feel. Cause I've, I've been down that road with those emotions, but being able to channel that into positivity, into a positive change is what's really going to make the biggest difference because how far are we really going to get with hate? What's the yeah. end game there? Yeah. I, I mean, it's like it's just a it, worse situation. It, no. Yeah.
2: You're, you're completely right. Like there's, you know i've tried to like like engage with people that like you know that that statement black lives matter bothers them right um or you know just like there's there's people that are you know there's still people that are homophobic there's still people that are bothered by you know whatever there's people that are bothered by a lot yeah <laughs> <the> <laughs> um and you try to engage with those people and honestly 99 percent of the time what you're gonna do is you're gonna push them into a corner and you're gonna back them up and you're gonna make them an even fiercer animal than the one that they already are And, and um so that's i really don't know that that's the way like i don't know that the way is like you know using your anger and like confronting these people or you know like you know like the people that were blocking off the hospital like you know the instinct would be to like go down there and just you know like
0: flip cars (laughs) like
2: like drive like drive a suburban through them like right yeah and just be like here now now people can get to the hospital and oh by the way like all of you now need care so you're right here already but like what what do you do then right you create an army of them like 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 so the way that i think I've decided the way that you combat racism, the way that you combat hate in general is, like you said, by contributing to love, by contributing to the positive things. Like, you know, last month I was trying to contribute to organizations that, you know, try to fight racism. Um, and, and uh, and uh, sorry, mm-hmm. NAACP, LDF, um, is an organization that I decided to donate to last month. Um, and then this month i'm donating to the trevor project with which is another organization that I find that really fits in with With my values and the things that I want to see happen in society.
1: Well, um I just want to say i'm really uh, proud and happy that you guys are have taken this um, Conversation about anger full circle. I've taken some heat (laughs) in the past for uh, you know, i'm i'm extreme pacifist person um, I absolutely Deplore violence. I won't use it under any circumstances. Pretty much, um, I've just seen throughout history. Just, I, I believe that that nonviolence is simply the only effective uh, uh, way. Obviously, there there are exceptions. We're not. We weren't going to defeat Hitler by nonviolence. That's. i not. I'm not. That's not what I'm saying. But what what I like what you said, Tucker, was the the recognition that you've had, and you, this is the first time I heard you actually enunciate it. That pushing People who are already in a in a hateful p- posture, pushing them further into that hatred is actually, uh, you know, by confronting them um, in in a in a violent ma- uh, manner is is creating a, 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 an even worse and more dangerous enemy. And I do think, in the long term, our focusing and building a community of love and um, and and a, and a, a network of loving people who, you know, it's kind of almost like herd immunity. If you create enough positive people who value positive things, human dignity, decency, treating people with respect, if more and more, if that becomes the bigger norm and the majority norm, more and more uh, those forces of of darkness, violence, division will be eclipsed and ultimately, hopefully, uh, eventually, kind of, almost by a process of evolution, they'll be put out of put out of business. So maybe we're seeing now enough of a consciousness about about certain issues like racism, where we're going to make it so that it will become the outrageous position to say that uh, Black Lives Matter is is not right. Um, uh, it'll become the norm to say that everybody should be treated. Uh, the same way and 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 we we need to put aside these Hateful divisive ideas that have not that really to put our society right to the edge um, Certainly made worse by some some really 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 bad leadership, but I, I want to just commend both of you guys for For saying that because I you know, we we've had I've had Incidences with both of you where you've talked about stories and experiences and your trying to manage this anger impulse um and i i think i i like the the, the very productive and very positive uh, uh language yeah, that you both use today there's only
2: i mean there's only like a few results to like being angry or, or being violent or being aggressive with someone right like there's you know either what you you kill each other right you you um you hate each other forever Um, or, or, you know, one of you wins and then the other one resents, you know, you for the rest of their lives or whatever, like there's really no like positive outcome to it. And at the end of the day, like the goal is peace, right? Like for every conflict, you know, every aggressive conflict, like the goal isn't to just continue to fight. Inevitably, the goal is peace. So like, you know, I, I'm. I'll be realistic. You know, I'm not going to get off this this podcast today and like never feel angry again, or never have that that like in you know that instinctual reaction of anger at first. And and I, I, I think it's healthy to some extent to have that reaction, right? But then take it in a positive uh, direction. Um, and like, if you're going to respond to the person that's making you angry, don't do it from a place of anger. Wait until you've calmed down wait until you can do it from a place of peace and from a place of really actually wanting progress as opposed to just wanting to tear them to pieces. Um, Because like, you know, if, if you take it in that direction, you're just going to continue the conflict um, and, you know, we're never going to get
0: anywhere. Totally. Um, There are a few things I kind of want to comment on. And that is uh, one is, you know, just, never like, you know, we're not absolved from ever feeling anger again. Like I know I'm going to run into this. I know I'm going to run into anxiety. I know I'm going to run into sadness. I know I'm going to run into unfulfillment um, in my life. And one phrase that's really, really helped me is this is okay. It's okay to feel this way. It's, you know, we are wired, our our brain and evolution was made to feel emotions. Like if we hear a big thud off in the distance, we're, you know, we're a little bit startled. We're like, okay, hey, what's that? But that's because that was, you know, hard for us before. Now that you know we have a, a better society, we're we're all kind of, uh, you know, really trying to condition ourselves in, in a new way. But the progress needs to happen with the acceptance and being saying, hey, you know what, I'm okay with with feeling this right now. And then, like you said, is this the time and place? to express that emotion? Is this the time and place to act on these impulses? And whenever we can say, hey, you know what? Arguing with this, this person isn't going to lead to any fruitful conversation. It's not going to lead to any peace. So we can say, hey, you know what? Um, I, I see your side of it. Thank you for telling me that. This is the end of our conversation. I'm going to leave. Goodbye. And it, it can be that way. And, you know, being okay with with some of the rougher parts in life you know sadness and and anger and you know for me anxiety is a, a big one on there um, and just saying hey you know when i'm in a situation my my heart's racing and you know my blood's pumping this is okay what should i do with it um and and that's kind of you know a big part of this podcast is is just being okay with your vulnerability because we are, no one's perfect we're not perfect people i mean like you know we're we're all so flawed that you know we need to accept our flaws and just move forward so i mean just that realization and and that awareness is truly refreshing to hear because not everyone you know gets to have that and a lot of people say you know they're they're fueled they get that that angry fuel and that that angry rage and then they continue to act on it and Again, that's just building and building and building more anger. So yep.
2: I and to to add to what you just said, Adam, I'm sorry I to, to keep it going. I I don't know if you guys are trying to like to get to wrap this up or anything, but um to add to your point about being vulnerable, like if you're feeling those emotions, if you're feeling strong emotions, um, and this kind of brings it back to the original, like back when I was an insurance adjuster and back when I was like feeling like I can't stand people and stuff like that find some friends, like find some people that you can talk to about those emotions. Um, Maybe, you know, maybe it's even a professional, right? Like, 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 find someone that like, you can speak to about the way you're feeling. Because the more you do, the more you're going to share that weight, that burden that like that, you know, you're feeling and the more you're going to get, if there are people that truly care about you, you're going to get good advice from people. And you know, it's, it's going to start to feel so much more manageable. Um, so that, and, and that's another thing is like back when I was doing my job and I was all like, I can't stand people and stuff. Like I didn't really have necessarily like friends or a lot of friends that I, I was going to, to talk to about these feelings or anything like that. And that makes you spiral, right? Like when you're, when you're like, I don't like people, so I feel negative and you continue to distance yourself from people. And then you continue to feel more and more negative and it just goes, you know, more and more in that direction. Um, so don't let that happen to yourself. Like if, if you are angry, you know, if something makes you really upset and you don't know what to do about it, like, don't just internalize that, like, make sure you talk to someone like we're, we're social beings and we're meant to communicate our feelings with one another.
0: So absolutely, man. Um, one question I ask uh, myself is, do I want to do something about this or do I, do I just want to feel understood and heard? And that's where talking it out will answer that question for me. Because when you're just solo, you know, someone screaming at your face or you've just, you know, experienced something that, that rises those emotions, um, you're kind of at that part where it's like, well, uh, you, know, you know, the decision making needs to happen. And, you know, do you just want to feel heard? Do you want to, you know, have someone to listen to, to what you're going through? Because sometimes it's not, it's not possible just by yourself. I know for me, a long time of my life, that wasn't possible to, you know, be able to get that stuff off my chest, be able to, you know, talk about what it was like to be a Jewish kid in high school and, you know, experience anti-Semitism. There wasn't a lot of people to talk to about that. Now that I'm older, you know, I've, I've been to therapy. I've, I love my therapist. I feel like I can just, you know, kind of get that check of of balances of like, you know, is this something where I need to do something about it? or do I need to be felt and heard? So I don't know if you've ever asked yourself that question when it comes down to to situations like that, or um, potentially, if you will, will in the future.
2: No, definitely. I, I I definitely like how you put it like that, because um, you know how earlier I was talking about how it's good to do like a side gig first to see if it's something you actually want to turn yeah. into a mm-hmm. full time job, right? Like, to some extent, you can apply that same concept to what you're saying right now. Like, it's good to talk to people about your anger. It's good to talk to people about what's upsetting you. Because like, if you're miserable at work, and you're just internalizing that constantly, and you never talk to anyone about it, if you start to make it like a regular part of your day to communicate your feelings with people and like vent about that and talk about that, and and maybe make a plan for how to change it, like, maybe that's all you need, right? Like maybe you don't need to quit your job. Maybe you don't need to become a leather worker. Maybe you just need to start to change how you communicate about your feelings with people and just start to try to be more of a social being or whatever. Um, and, and so, yeah, no, I, I completely agree with you. Like, uh, like like, talk to people and maybe that's all you need, right? Like, or if you find that talking to people still hasn't like, you know, doused that fire, right? Then you know you need to act on it. Then you know that you you know it's not just talking that's going to help you. It's it's action that's going to you know, help you get
1: to where you need to be.
0: Love it, man. I know uh, we kind of cut Albert off uh, a little bit before, so Albert, you you were saying something? No, I I think that you've come
1: up with some really great ways to to round out the show. I mean, I always want to keep going, but at the same time, I feel like an hour is about right. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Tucker, you're going to come back in the future um, and talk with us again. I will just say, I'm just, you know, when we started the podcast, I remember saying, Hey Tucker, we'll have to have you on the show one day. And you were kind of like, I don't think so, dude. (laughs) You were really like, and, and, and it turned out you absolutely like you nailed it. You were so articulate and, and eloquent and you said some beautiful things. I got all kinds of, all kinds of notes that I wrote, but the new title for our this episode then has to be the goal is peace. All right. I like it. I like <laughs>
2: it. And and just to say, I never, I, I never was like, screw that. I don't want to come on your podcast. I just, I just kind of assumed that like, I mean, geez, man, you've had some, some amazing people on here and, and like, it's, it's very humbling to think that I would be considered worthy of, of joining that, those ranks. Um, So I, you know, I, that's really it. I just, it came from a place of humbleness. I was just kind of like, no one wants to hear what this, you know, Joe Schmo from some great Connecticut has to say about you know anything.
1: Well, if there's anything we've learned from doing the show, not to denigrate your your beautifulness and greatness, is that everybody's story has value. That's really the yep. whole purpose, and what yep. we're what we're really trying to underline. Every one of us has uh, something to share. Every one of us has something to teach other people, and the, just the act of communication in itself is is a, is, is a great and important thing. Um Anyway, the goal is peace. So thanks for that one. that's gonna get me through this week.
0: Any uh, closing thoughts, uh, Adam, anything else? Yeah, I just want to echo echo that again because uh, yeah, that's that's really what it's all about. The, the goal is peace and you know the show's all about connecting the dots that weren't connected before because, you know, we just haven't had that communication. So Tucker, it's a, a pleasure having you on the show and uh, I truly wanted to get you back on here and continue this conversation. Any last uh, closing remarks here, bud?
2: I just want to say thank you guys for having me on here, and to anybody that you know has, has stuck through it and listened to all this. I really appreciate all your time. So
0: great, man. Well, hey, we also appreciate all the time too. So this has been another episode of the Veer Veer Podcast. I'm Adam Glinsky. I'm Albert Imperato. And I'm Tucker Gasho. Thank you for listening.